welcome to A Degree in Sports, your home for college football and college basketball. My name's Cole, and I'm here alongside my great mate, Jeff Tate. Jeff, great day of ball yesterday. A few little upsets. I mean, I'm just happy to be here in this in this college football world. Yeah, it's one of those it was one of those days yesterday where we were obviously recording this Sunday, October 29th. You won't see it until uh, Monday, October 30th. But it was one of those days where you got a little bit of everything. I would say the casual college football fan, which we are not, but those people would have got upsets of a top 10 team. Obviously, Oklahoma goes down on the road. Some top 10 teams struggling on the road. Ohio State didn't have a pretty win against Wisconsin. You have North Carolina losing to Georgia Tech. You just had a lot of um, big upsets. You had Arizona beating Oregon State. So it was kind of a everything happened. We finally got to play football. All last week was dominated by Michigan football and what is going on there, which we're not even going to spend time on today because it's, we've, we've spent enough time on the podcast with what where the facts are currently. But no, Cole, it was it was a good day. It's exciting because we, in a week, um, actually right now as we speak, in a few hours, I'm going to Michigan State, Tennessee, charity exhibition for the basketball team. And it's AP4 Michigan State against AP Top 10 Tennessee. So it's, it's going to get me really excited for college basketball. And with that, Cole and I will be having three episodes this week. Obviously, this is our first episode. We'll then be having a week 10 college football preview, which is going to be jam-packed because the amount of high, high-level games is insane, especially for what those games are going to mean for the conference races in a lot of our big conferences. And then we're also going to have a third episode, and that's going to be our college basketball preview episode a week from Monday. So this podcast will be dropping Monday. A week from today is the first college football official game. So, I mean, we're there, and you look ahead. I mean, in two weeks, you got Michigan State, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky. It's just for basketball, it's picking up. And the one nice thing about basketball is it ramps into the big games and the big tournaments right away. Like, you don't have to wait. For it's not like Michigan football where you have to wait around to see them play a team that people think will give them games. Like Michigan State, second game or third game of the year, they play Duke. So it's just one of those things that college basketball kind of accelerates you into the tough game. So Cole, that was a that was a in depth intro into the episode and then what we're expecting this upcoming week. But let's stay in the college football world. It was a good day, and I'm I'm just excited. So start us off with. Uh, your ACC breakdown. Yeah, yeah, so, solid day. The, the one thing we did we did miss today, I think, was um, that top 25, like, blow-for-blow blow matchup. Um, that's the one thing that we didn't necessarily get. But all in all, um, very good day. We, Oregon and Utah, we'll get into that later, was a bit of a disappointment because uh, that was the one we were all hoping for. Oh, oh hand, real quick, real quick. Shout-out to both Cole and I. It was the first week we both are above 500 on the A-plus picks of the week. I just have to get that out there. I keep track of our week-by-week records, and this was our first week that we were both above 500, so uh, we're trending upwards here. So Cole, 3-2, and two, I was 4-1, and one, so it was just a good that both have winning weeks. So sorry, Cole. Yeah, you're 22-20, you're and 20 and I'm 20-22. and 22. Yeah, we're, we're right there. We're right there. Um, we, I mean, who knows who can who will come out on top at the end of the year. It's, it's anyone's ball game right now. One good week or one bad week can make or break it. So starting out in the ACC, go right to Thursday. Syracuse travels to Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech wins this game 38-10, to um, and it was never close. It was just an absolute domination. 
Uh, Virginia Tech was up 32-3 at halftime and just... Yeah, I mean, that's an A-plus pick right there. Go Hokies. Good pick, Cole. Uh, Syracuse, you called them early on in the year. I think they were 4-0, and they have not won a game since. So that's the typical Syracuse, and you saw that, and you capitalized. Great pick. All right, moving on. We're going to do Florida State at Wake Forest. Florida State absolutely dominates uh, Wake Forest and 41-16. Pittsburgh loses to Notre Dame 7-58. Notre Dame, complete domination the whole game. That's uh, just... That's what we need from Notre Dame. We need to just continue to be impressed by them, especially when Marcus Freeman is continuing to try to build a culture. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I wonder, when you look at Notre Dame, will they be top 10 in the uh, college football playoffs initial rankings this Tuesday? Obviously, a lot of Ohio State fans are hoping for that, but they uh, 7-2, and two, some pretty good wins on their record, some big losses, but they were a really good team, so interesting for me next up we have uh north carolina georgia tech we talked about it a little bit earlier to start the show what north carolina is it's sad i mean they're doing what we thought they would do as far as in the beginning of the year this took longer uh than we expected 40 they lose 42 46 on the road and they they had this game like they they were winning um by by a substantial margin they it was theirs to lose I mean, they put up 42 points. Like, can this defense wake up? Drake May's stock is not being hurt at all. 310, two touchdowns. He's he's fine, but Mac Brown needs to figure it out. I mean, I think I think they. I honestly think they need a. I'm on the the train of maybe get rid of Mac Brown just because he he keeps losing these games. But it is North Carolina. I do think he has maximized what North Carolina can be. Um, so it's, if you believe that you can be a true contender you need a new head coach. But if you are content with consistently being a very good team but not a contender, keep Mac Brown. Yeah, it's hard because for what North Carolina football is, it's kind of like what we're seeing in a way at Duke. Those two schools really don't care about football, like on the grand scheme of things. Like we're going to get into it when we get into college basketball. Like these two are blue bloods in college basketball and football is secondary. And it's kind of – I agree, Cole – I don't know. He prop, and I think you were kind of just saying it, but I don't think he probably is on the hot seat because it is Mac Brown. He he also has a really good coaching record and stuff. But you're right. North Carolina can't win these games, and it's got to be frustrating because they probably have their best team they've had in a very very long time. And Georgia Tech, that team, it's like you and I. I don't think we can predict them correctly because uh, you've actually from the beginning, week one, when they played Louisville, you. We're kind of on them. You said this is a good football team. They're not going to be as bad as we expect, and you were absolutely correct. But it's like last week, we both pick them to win, and they just get killed at home by Boston College, and then a much better North Carolina team comes in and wins and it, or loses, and it's like, what the heck is going on? But I will say North Carolina eliminated. A stamp of elimination, no chance to make the playoff anymore, um, and maybe we have one team in the ACC Maybe we have two, but our ACC chances are dwindling outside of Florida State. Yeah, just by sheer wins and losses, we're going to move on to the next game. There is another team besides the obvious Florida State that that does have a chance if they went out like it's all in front of them still. Louisville beats Duke 23-0. A good Duke team with Riley Leonard absolutely dominates them. Louisville is Louisville's good. They're not just good because of their schedule. They're actually a good team. Um, which is not what I expected from this, them this year. I did expect them to win a lot of games because of their schedule, but I didn't expect them to be like actually good. Um, and, and they're they're doing a great job. Jeff Brom doing a heck of a job in year one. 
uh, and they have everything in front of them. It's just when the next one, when the next one, when the next one, and uh, they could find themselves in a playoff, which is absolutely crazy. Because if they just went out, like we said, their schedule isn't crazy tough. If they went out, it's just one game for the playoff. They just need to play their best game against Florida State. It's, it's at that point, it's like what what can we do here? We got it. We got it all in front of us. So it would be a really weird and crazy thing to see Louisville in the playoff, but. It's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, they ran for 234 yards on a good Duke defense, so almost five yards a pop. That's impressive. And you look at their, their remaining schedule. I mean, next two weeks they play the Virginia schools, Virginia Tech and Virginia at home. So you would say on paper they're going to be favored by probably probably a good bit of points in both of those games. Now, both of those teams have started to play a lot better of late. Then they play at Miami, and then they get Kentucky at home. And so I would say they're definitely favored in three of those four. And that Miami game is probably going to be almost a pick on the road. So, yeah, Cole, if they if they run it and then beat Florida State in the, in the championship, who knows? Like, that would be that'd be chaotic. So, But those are the only two teams I think we can see making the playoff from the ACC at this point. Yeah, and just don't, don't get it uh, confused. Just because they absolutely can run this table does not mean I think they will. I, I do think that they're going to have one more loss uh, as this year goes on. That doesn't mean they won't be in the ACC championship, but I think they will have one more loss. Just this year, Miami and uh, Kentucky, those are both going to be tough, tougher games for them. So, but yeah. I need them to go 500 to cash my over. So they're 7-1. and one. I had them at 8. I didn't like taking that flat number, but you're telling me they got to go 2-2 two and two down the stretch. I, 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 think, I think I'm going to be good, Cole. Hey, Virginia Tech's frisky. Watch out. All right, moving on, the sleeper game of the day. Boston College beats UConn 21-14, to and just an underwhelming performance in Boston College after a dominating performance the week before against Georgia Tech. I mean, that, that, these are just bad teams that sometimes can perform. Next we have Clemson traveling to NC State, losing 17-24. NC State gets this W, and Clemson is in an, an absolute tailspin. This is it's full panic mode. What's going on down there? And it's it's like what what are we doing here, Clemson? This is the, this the fall of Clemson is is absolutely crazy. Dabo needs to change a lot. Maybe it's just we've talked about it before. The times have have moved past him. He was not able to adjust. Full panic mode for Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I don't I I can't explain what's happened to them the last like two years, except for just the coach not adapting because they brought in a really good offensive coordinator and Garrett Riley. A lot of people really like Garrett Riley, but what has he done? Like they can't, they can't score. And it's like, I, they have good. Well, they have, I think they have a good quarterback. K Klubnik, nothing special, but they have Mafa and they have uh Oh, what's his face? Who's their other running back? I can't think of his name. Shipley. Yeah, and Will Shipley. And they can't do anything. And that's just, you shouldn't, that just should not be the case at Clemson. So uh, they are buried. Like, Cole has buried Alabama, and that's, they're 7-1. and one, But this team is like 40 feet in the ground buried. They are done. And that program, that dynasty that we saw the last ten years, that thing is over. Sorry, it's it's over. Yeah, they don't. They didn't even deserve me to like make a big deal out of it. That's how bad they are. It, don't make no mistake. If Alabama's dead, which they are, Clemson's very dead. Like I, I, I they're very very dead. Um, and it's just it is. I think the biggest the reason we're seeing these rushing yards go away 
the biggest thing in the transfer portal, like everyone sees the Keon Coleman's, the Bo Nixes, like that what's what comes to the transfer portal. But the biggest thing that bolsters teams in this transfer portal era is getting older linemen. Um, in the interior, offensive linemen, Michigan's done this year after year, and that's why they're, they've had sustained success. Um, a lot of these programs are getting older linemen from, from nobody's schools. Like like we have some from Stanford, got Timmy from Virginia. Um, being able to dip in and get just bigger, more of a man, smarter linemen out of the portal is huge. And that's the biggest thing, I think, that comes from the portal for making uh, an already good program uh, sustained. And I think that's why Clemson, that's the biggest downfall that I'm not dipping in the portal is not necessarily the skill players, which it is, that does matter. Uh, and more of the, inter- the guys in the interior and on the line in the trenches. All right, moving on. Virginia just getting frisky here. Miami beats Virginia in overtime, 29-26. Miami loves overtime games, I guess. Um, and I mean, what's Virginia doing here? I mean, Virginia found that the Virginia school's Decide to be horrible at the beginning of the year, and then decide to try to try to wake up. But Miami, that's I mean that doesn't improve any like your confidence at all if you watch that game. But wins a win. Move on to the next one. Um, yeah, just a weird game. Yeah, Miami. Uh, I need two more wins out of them. I really wish they had that Georgia Tech win when their coach just forgot how to coach, and they had a tough stretch. I mean, they go at North Carolina State, at Florida State, home against Louisville, and at Boston College. So three of the four on the road. You're telling me they have to go two and two. I'm betting they're favored in two of those games, so it's going to be tough. But, yeah, Virginia's getting frisky, and Miami just won a game, bowl eligible, and I need two more wins to hit that over under Cole. So I'm going to move us into the Big Ten. So the Big Ten, obviously, is my favorite to watch just because I like a lot of teams in the Big Ten, and we'll start off with that team. So Ohio State goes on the road. Night game in Madison. Never an easy thing. Like, I'm just going to say that. Uh, this is not a vintage Wisconsin team by any means. Um, obviously, they're playing with their second-string quarterback who uh, made some good throws and then made some throws that you're like, yep, he is not a starting quarterback. And it was a weird game from the start. I mean, first drive of the game, Braylon Allen fumbles. Ohio State gets the ball, drives down the field, stalls out, and then they go for it, don't get it. And then Wisconsin comes down. They fumble again. Ohio State goes, kicks a field goal. It was just one of those games where you would have thought Ohio State was winning by two scores. And if it was last year's offense, they'd be winning by two scores. It's funny because I just wish you could have Ohio State's offense last year with this defense because I don't think they would have been stopped. Uh, Sorry, Cole. That Michigan game would have been, I think, a little different maybe with this defense. But Michigan maybe probably would still one so I'm not that's hypothetical that we're not playing but Ohio State does end up winning it by two scores um this is my campaign for Marvin Harrison to be in New York uh he is the best player in college football and it should be clearly obvious to people at watch football he is the number one player on a scouting report week in and week out and he just can't be stopped he has had one bad game this year and it was against Indiana in the first game and then he had a down week against Notre Dame but he has 48 receptions, 889 yards, and eight touchdowns. He has a five-game or four-game scoring streak, and he's just the best player on the field. And the Heisman should be that, but as Cole and I have said for years, it's not. Um, it really is not that type of an award. And it's, we saw it last year with Blake Corum, who I think mean, meant what Marvin Harrison means to this Ohio State team. 
and I don't think Marvin's going to get an invite to New York. But it was a win that you have to have on the road. I mean, you see these other teams going on the road this week to not as to environments that aren't what Wisconsin is traditionally in losing. And it's one of those wins they had to have eight and zero, move on. And that's my thoughts, Cole. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was a good win for Ohio State. I do think uh, what you said is true. You would expect Ohio, like with the two fumbles, you'd expect Ohio State to just be running away with it. But you could also flip that um, and say if, if if Wisconsin just doesn't put the ball on the ground, like they're they're usually a team that at least their running backs can handle the ball well. If Wisconsin doesn't put the ball on the ground, like where is this game at um, from that part that perspective? Not saying Ohio State lose, but I mean, I, I just think those two hypotheticals equal out in the game. Just was what it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 a win you need for Ohio State. I'm, I'm sure as an Ohio State fan, you would like it to be you would have liked it to be a little more of a dominating uh, win and a little more confidence inspiring win, especially like off points off turnovers. But I mean, you're never gonna apologize for winning a road game in Madison at a, at night. So. Yeah, good for Ohio State, I guess. But move on to the next one. Well, I gotta say one more quick thing. It was it was Kyle McCord's worst game of the year, uh, definitely in my opinion, his worst game he has played this year. But the really encouraging thing for Ohio State is Travion Henderson, twenty four carries, one hundred sixty two yards. He had forty five yards receiving, over two hundred yards of total offense, um, and to be able to run the ball for seven yards a carry is just that opens up this offense a lot. So that was that's my final thought. It's good to have him back. Will he remain yeah, will he remain healthy? I mean Yeah, I think he will. He just looks like he gets hurt every play, but then he bounces up and he it's like clearly he tells he's good to go, but it's like last night it's like, man, give some carries to Mayan Williams. Like slow this guy down. We don't need him against Wisconsin. We need him in four weeks against Michigan. So I hopefully he stays healthy. But Michigan State is the next game. Unfortunately, it's just the same old, same old with Michigan State where they are playing probably the better football early and then just lose it late and then it looks like they got blown out. So I don't really want to spend much time on this, Cole. It's just it's a down year. It just sucks. So uh, it, Penn State, Indiana, this is – I watched this whole game. The noon slate wasn't the best today, but this game I watched a lot. And it was scary because Penn State, as an Ohio State fan, you want to keep doing good and you want them to look good to maybe beat Michigan. But that team, they're now trying to throw the ball a lot, and they haven't done it all year. And it's just its weird because it's not going to work right the way they want it. And it's interesting because Penn State gave up so many big plays, like stuff I don't expect from a Penn State-led team. And they gave up, I think, all three touchdowns for – or three, two of the three touchdowns for Indiana were 70-yard-plus touchdowns. So – not an impressive win at all for Penn State, but like I said, you win the game, and that is all that matters. So, Cole, what are your thoughts? I mean, this is a home game for Penn State, uh, the place you have an ultimate advantage out of most stadiums in college football. I, I, I mean, I've been lower on Penn State than majority of the crowd since the preseason. Like, I, I, I know they had a chance to be good, but I didn't p- expect them to be good. I expected Drew Aller to... Um, underwhelm and I think he definitely has this year he's been underwhelming um and yeah I I mean I don't think this is that good of a Penn State team honestly I really don't and I think this game was just more uh proof that they're not that good I mean their offense I mean they scored 33 points but they played Indiana when they play a competent defense they look like they have no idea what they're doing 
Um, I mean, go just go to last week and see what happens when you play a good defense. I know Ohio State does have a really good defense, but I mean, this is just going to be a solid Big Ten team, a usual Penn State team that will be everyone except for Michigan and Ohio State, um, and they might lose one more on the way. And they're just going to be the usual Penn State. That's a that's a tough out for most teams, and I just don't think they're that good. Um, and we were just ready to crown them because they went 10-2 and two last year, and there was no need for that. Agreed. Northwestern uh, somehow is starting to play really good football, and Cole had Maryland minus 13.5. I picked them as well in a bet, and, I mean, that wasn't even close. Maryland just has laid three eggs or two eggs since the Ohio State loss. And my, uh, well, I did say that they would win one against Maryland and, uh, or against Michigan and Penn State, and actually might stick with that because of how Penn State has looked. So uh, just, I don't know what's happened to Maryland. Maybe they got confident going into Ohio State and playing them well for a half, and they have just laid two eggs since. This is the most Maryland season ever. Start hot, get hyped. Play a team kind of tough, but then a good team tough, lose the game, and then just go on and lose games you absolutely shouldn't. And it's just, it's just so, so Maryland. Um, and I mean, this is just a script that you could close your eyes. You'd be like, this happened to Maryland season. You'd be like, what year is it? Like, is it, is it 2012? Is it 2023? Like, what are we doing? And this is, this is Maryland. And they tease you every year. You're like, oh, maybe this is the year they're going to like sustain success. And, I mean, here we are, just bad performances against bad teams. Good pick, Cole. This is what we're ending the Big Ten with. Mer- or Nebraska beats Purdue, dominates Purdue from the start to finish. You and I both had him in A-plus picks of the week. Good win for Matt Rule. He needs one more win to be bowl eligible in his first season at Nebraska, Cole. Yeah, we are. We were unified, uh, and, and, it, and it worked. It worked out really well. Um, and it, there was never a doubt there. I, I would like to... Just because we're on the Big Ten. Uh, I just saw this. It was sent to me. The worst Power 5 scoring offense in college football through Week 9. Number 1, Michigan State. Number 2, Indiana. Number 3, Iowa. Number 4, Arizona State. Number 5, Nebraska. Number 6, Illinois. Number 7, Minnesota. Number 8, Utah. Number 9, Northwestern. Number 10, Purdue. So, 8 teams. (laughs) (laughs) eight of the top 10 are in the big 10 and i just like that's just that's funny that's just no matter who you are i mean that's big 10 football and yeah i mean that's just that's just bad offensive football if you're if you're if you if you like if you like good defense and bad offense you're gonna love the big 10 um yeah like let's just check in the west real quick here minnesota currently sits at the top um three and two iowa three and two wisconsin uh, three and two record in the conference. Nebraska three and two, Northwestern two and three. Like, what are we like? What are we doing here? We have no like Nebraska could could win the West. Like, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like any one of these teams except for Minnesota could come out on top, and I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think uh, Ohio State or Michigan are going to be favored by at least twenty points easily in the Big Ten championship. Yeah, like, I mean, no it's doubt. Just abs- about it. It's just. Like, we thought it would be better. Like, that was where we were really wrong this year. Like, oh, the, the West can be a little more fun this year, and it's actually worse, which I didn't think that was necessarily possible. But, all right, moving on to the Big 12. We're going to start with uh, the big one with one of your A-plus picks. Oklahoma, Kansas. Kansas wins 38-33. to And, I mean, Kansas, they did what they were supposed to do. Good home field advantage. And, I mean, I love seeing Oklahoma lose. 
I really do. I don't know what it is. I just don't like them uh, like pretty much at all. Uh, I think their fans are kind of annoying. And and, I, and I, I love Kansas. I think their football program is one of the most fun teams to watch. And like Lance Lightbold, like that's just a fun team, especially because the depths they came from. Um, and this is just, just a fun game. And, and they score with 50 seconds left to, to take the lead. And good for Kansas. Clap it up for Kansas. We love Kansas. Yeah, and it was 14-7. Kansas had all the momentum, and then there was a lightning uh, strike in the area. The game got delayed for, I think, just over an hour. And then they looked like Oklahoma had all the momentum, but then Kansas came back. Jason Bean did not have a great performance from a turnover standpoint. He had two interceptions, but, man, he's fast. And he had, a, I think, like a 40-yard scramble for a touchdown. So huge win for Kansas. Easy plus 10 on the A-plus picks of the week. So good win, Kansas. And our Big 12 is getting kind of chaotic, Cole. Yeah, I mean, they, they definitely they, – they're not getting two teams in the playoff anymore. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just move on to, their, to the other team who is, who is buying for a playoff spot here. Uh, Texas beats Bay, uh, BYU 35-6, to pretty much just dominates. And Malik Murphy uh, plays good enough, 16 for 25 with for 170 and two touchdowns and interceptions so definitely not great low qbr 45 but i mean i mean like he just needs to be a good placeholder until uh they can get quinn ewers back next up we got kansas state absolutely dominating houston kansas state has really found their stride after a really slow start uh they dominate houston 41 to zero um I mean, Houston's a bad team, and Kansas State is is they're they're kind of looking like they were last year. They're looking good. Um, Will Howard, uh, one sixty four for two touchdowns. So um, and they're just they're just doing what they're supposed to do here, and they're rolling into Texas next week. It's going to be a fun fun game next week. Yeah, Texas Kansas State is a uh, I'd be scared if I was Texas. That's all I'm going to say. Next up, West Virginia UCF. West Virginia's back on their winning train. Um, they win this one forty one to twenty eight. And yeah, they, they look solid again. Uh, you expect John Reese Plumley to elevate that UCF team. And, and he has. The offense has been a lot better at him. It's, it's a way more fun offense and just a better offense. But he threw three picks, um, which just like absolutely kills him. Uh, puts more points on the board for West Virginia with field position. Um, and just doesn't put your defense in a good spot. So yeah, moving on here. Iowa State, A-plus pick Jeff. Beats Baylor thirty to eighteen, and Iowa State has they found something after all the the tumultuous off season that they had, um, and all the drama with the gambling, and looking quite horrible at the beginning of the year, as as you would expect. They have they've turned it around. Uh, they found it. Uh, maybe Matt Campbell's not dead, um, because like everyone was saying, and I think that was actually it was just very reactive and stupid that the majority of people were saying Matt Campbell's not a good coach. It's Iowa State. I don't know if you've ever seen I Ames, Iowa, but it's going to be hard to get kids to want to go there. You're not going to be building a program that's good every year. Um, it's in the middle of a cold cornfield with nothing near it. So, I mean, I think you get Iowa State to a bowl uh, um, a bowl game every single year. You're doing a good job. So good job, Matt Campbell. Next up, Oklahoma State just absolutely kills Cincinnati 45-13. And another team fighting for that Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State continues to perform and uh mike gundy just just keep keeps on shooting shout out ollie gordon i mentioned him last week on the podcast he has if you look at his last five games okay i'm not i can't do the quick math on my in my head here but 
He had 121 yards five weeks ago against Iowa State, 136 yards against Kansas State, 168 yards against Kansas, 282 yards last week against West Virginia, 271 yards last night against Cincinnati for a grand total of eight touchdowns. That is unreal. They were. I heard. Uh, I was listening to Joey Galloway on the College Football Final Show, and he was like, "If this dude does this next week, they play Oklahoma in Bedlam. If he does this again, could he sneak into possible Heisman talk? Probably not. But I mean, those stats are crazy. And Oklahoma State four and one, Iowa State four and one, Kansas State four and one, Texas four and one, Oklahoma four and one. That's kind of our chaotic Big Twelve as we know it." Four or five teams of the four and one record. A lot of those teams still have to play each other, so that's going to shape out. I mean, two of them or four of those teams play against each other next week. Texas plays Kansas State. Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State. So who knows, Cole? But this pack or this Big Twelve just got a whole lot more wide open than it was, I would say, like three weeks ago. Which team not named Texas or Oklahoma? has the best chance to make uh, the Big 12 championship. Got to be Kansas State. They are. They look like they did preseason, I would say, like all the hype around that team. Uh, they're able to run the football. Will Howard, Avery Johnson, quarterback combination has worked out tremendously. So I would say Kansas State, but then I'd put Oklahoma State as a close second because if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma this week, who knows what could happen, Cole. Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, uh, yeah, let's lead us through uh, the SEC. So the SEC, we should have known Florida had no chance uh, playing against Georgia. It just it just never was going to work. Uh, Georgia's just – Georgia finally had a start-to-finish performance. I think they took a lot of the talk about Brock Bowers personally. I think they were like, this guy is – like everyone's saying we have no chance to win. They have a tough schedule. Their next three weeks, they play Missouri, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. So – they do have a step up in opponents, I would say, the next few weeks, but they looked great. Uh, Lad McConkey stopped or stepped in just when you needed him to. I mean, he's been there forever. Six catches, 136 yards. Carson Beck, over 300 yards. He's grown so much since the beginning of the season, and it was a dominant performance from Georgia. Yeah, I mean, this was an absolute statement win that they needed. A uh, neutral site game against a big rival who's who's been hot. I mean, we know... Florida sometimes shows up, sometimes doesn't show up. They're a very inconsistent team, but a team that was rolling heading into this game, I would say. And and Georgia just made a statement win, and that was exactly what they needed. Carson Beck looks really good. Um, he is, like you said, developing as the year goes on. He is what you wished Aller could do throughout the year, but the difference is coaching there, in my opinion, because they put Carson Beck in a position to throw the ball a lot and make mistakes and and learn. And Aller, they've just put him in a little bubble, and he just hasn't gotten better. So good job, Georgia. Moving on, um, and everything's right in front of them. I think they're officially the clear favorite, Ole which Miss, they already were. But Yeah, no, I know what you mean, though. They finally looked good, and we had to give them some credit. So Ole Miss goes on the road or goes at home, beats Vanderbilt 33-7. Ole Miss – this is a team that keeps rolling. Um, they are they are a team you got to keep an eye on in the SEC West because who knows what happens next week with Alabama and LSU. But it's kind of fun. They have a little uh, they had a basketball hoop on the sideline. Those guys were throwing down. They were they were having a lot of fun after scoring some touchdowns. So Kentucky, Tennessee, this is a big rivalry in uh, these two states, and Tennessee just. 
won another game. Uh, I know Cole had Kentucky plus three and a half, so that was a tough loss for him. But Devin Leary throws for almost 400 yards, but it's not enough. And Joe Milton and Tennessee just get it done, running the football a lot, and that's just been Tennessee. They're nothing special, but they're 6-2, and and it's like, how are they 6-2? and Yeah, I would have liked to see Kentucky come over with this win, especially at home. Um, I mean, Devin Leary did kind of what he could do. It was just a weird game, but I think 33-27 to is exactly what you'd picture the score of a Tennessee-Kentucky game to be. Um, Kentucky's blue jerseys are so beautiful. Like, a night game at Kentucky is very aesthetically pleasing. Like, let's just... Let's just watch those games because it's it's quite fun to watch. And Tennessee, Kentucky, beautiful jersey matchup. But, yeah, the, the actual game uh, was good. Tennessee continues to win games um, in a way that we didn't think they could. Um, and that's just their identity now this year. And I think that says a lot about Josh Heupel um, and how good of a coach he is, where he can win with two completely different style teams and he can adapt to what his team uh, is best at and their strengths. Um because I think a lot of people will just be like, oh, Josh Heupel, he's the guy who's going to throw the ball downfield and have a high-powered offense with a bad defense and no run game. And the fact that he's just turned it around one year after to put Tennessee in a 6-2 and two win, I, I think this is an unbelievable coaching job by him. Um, and it's just very impressive to see what they're doing, the way they're winning games. Texas A&M at home against South Carolina. South Carolina, I could not have been more wrong on a team. They just... They, they, they have the worst O-line in college football outside of Colorado. We'll get to that in the next conference pre, or conference talk. But uh, another win Texas A&M just needed to have at home. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Jimbo Fisher, but lo- winning this game definitely doesn't hurt his case. That's all I'm going to say. Nothing nothing really to talk about much on this game, Cole. Yeah, if I'm a Texas A&M fan, I'm kind of pissed that we, they won this game because they, they want Jimbo out from what I've seen. Um, and if he, he continues to be just good enough to not get fired to like, ah, we don't need to spend that much money. He's just good enough to, to, for them to not want to spend the money. But I'll tell you what, South Carolina still covered. That's all that matters. They did cover for you. Last game in the SEC, Auburn at home against Mississippi State. These two teams are just, I mean, I don't really have much to say about them. Auburn wins 27-13. Peyton Thorne throws for three touchdowns, so you know it was a crazy game because he is not the type to – do that so i think as we look at our sec as a whole i think we really in my opinion only have two teams that i think can get to the playoff and that's georgia and alabama i i just can't see well actually hold up i'm gonna put Ole miss in that conversation because of the one loss lsu is a better football team than Ole miss lsu may be a better football team than alabama but they have two losses and we've never seen a two loss team make the playoff so i don't really know what to expect in terms of if the committee would do that. But that's kind of where I'm at, Cole. I think I think there's a pretty realistic chance that Georgia's going to be pretty good and make that playoff. But um, I don't know. If Alabama were to run the table, beat Georgia, you know they're going to put them in. So maybe they'd get two teams. I don't know. Yeah, I just think I think it's Georgia they're going to run through, and it's gonna, they'll be the only SEC team in. Um, like you said, Ole Miss has a chance just based on their wins and losses. We don't think they will. Um, that I mean, they're gonna lose another game. Uh, they have to go. Uh, they have to play Georgia. I think it's at Georgia, um, and that's just like we'll, we'll chalk that up as a loss. But hey, I mean, chaos would really begin if Ole Miss wins that game, and you get Georgia with one loss. Like the SEC championship is, you're not getting two SEC teams in, and it would just it would it'd be very crazy. Especially like let's say LSU is the one that makes it. 
and LSU beats Georgia, and it would be a two loss. Like the, the chaos ensues if Ole Miss wins that game. But yeah, let's. Uh, I, I think the SEC is is kind of boring this year still, but it is. It is what it is, so we'll see. Georgia does have to play Missouri next week, which will also be another uh, t- like tough enough game. They're seventeen and a half point favorites right now, um, but uh, they are at home, and it'll just be a test for them. So we'll get to see another good test for Georgia. Moving on to the Pac twelve, Pac twelve Cole hat is back on, uh, and let's let's just dive right into it. We're gonna start with uh, Washington beating Stanford forty two to thirty three. Penix, 370 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. So he looked better, way better than he did last week. But defense looked real soft for Washington. They continue after that big Oregon statement win to just underwhelm, not win games like they should be winning these games. And it's quite quite alarming, uh, definitely alarming. And uh, they had everything in front of them. And, and just a quick two weeks later, a lot of questions about this Washington team. Yeah, tons of questions. And they, they go on, they play USC next week. This game might be first one to fifty points because they just both don't they both don't play good defense and really Washington probably should have lost this game. Stanford had a little trick play they ran on fourth and three where they had twenty five yards easily. Like it would have put them probably at midfield and the guy just dropped it wide open play, dropped it and kind of killed their chances there. But, uh, yeah, not impressive last two weeks from Washington. Moving on, Oregon-Utah, the game that we want to be just a, a fun shootout, uh, throwing blows back and forth. Oregon dominates from start to finish, 35-6. to 6. Oregon is – Oregon's good, and they're going to start playing with a chip on their shoulder. Dan Lane's a great coach. Uh, tough loss to Washington early, but they have responded exactly how they should, and they are – this is a team on an absolute mission. Um, and, and it was because Oregon lost that game to Washington. Like I like you could kind of feel it like poor Utah because they're going to come in with a fire. They are on a mission. I, I do think this is uh, the best team in the Pac-12, uh, even though, despite their loss to Washington. I think that might be the best thing for Oregon, that loss, because they're on a mission and they're going to continue to roll and fight through right on to Vegas, where I will hopefully see them uh, take on Washington again for a rematch because that's my ideal world is to see that game. Yeah, they're the best team in the Pac-12. Like, just if that game's played in Eugene, they win the game in my opinion. And they, yep, they're the best. I had the over forty-seven and a half. Looked great for a long time, and then offense is just stalled, and Oregon wasn't trying to score. So I knew Oregon would score. I thought maybe Utah could get double-digit points, but they didn't, and that's where we're at. So great win, great win from Oregon. A team that I absolutely love. Uh, I loved them preseason, and they've performed. Arizona beats Oregon State 27-24, and they, they are they are a lot better than people thought they would be, and they continue to prove that every single week, beating the number 11 team in the country 27-24, and they, they – were handling them like that. I wouldn't say handling them, but they were more physical. They were dominating. They were, I mean, they were up 10 points uh, with a very small amount of time to go. This game was it. Oregon state realized pretty midway through the fourth quarter. They didn't have a chance just by once they extended that lead to 10 points. Um, and it was a great game for Arizona. They continue to just look better. Even every week, Fafita is doing a heck of a job way better than Delora um, runs the offense better. Is a lot safer. Um, and, and, Oregon State, well, like we'll see you. You had your chance, you're out. Um, and just like Utah, we'll see you. It's it's really just Oregon and Washington for the playoff. 
uh, with USC sprinkled in there for the Pac-12 championship, they still have a chance there. But, man, like, Arizona's good. Yeah, Oregon State lost the game on the road, um, and it's just – Oregon State had a lot of hype, and I mean they're six and two. They're gonna probably still be top twenty in the AP poll. But uh, Arizona, shout out to you guys. You guys have surprised me. I'll just say that. All right, moving on. Colorado, UCLA. Um, Colorado covered here, but they lose this game, sixteen to twenty-eight. Uh, big win for UCLA. They needed a, a good bounce back win. Um, it's it is funny how much we've just forgot about Colorado. Uh, they're one and four in the Pac-12. Um, but they, they're, they, they, they can, they're, they're doing exactly what Colorado should be. We just let our expectations get a little inflated when we shouldn't have. Um, and like Dion said, post game, if you, if you saw us, it's, he needs to get the big boys. Um, he said it again, he said, I'm going to go out, I'm going to get some big boys this off season. And, and I do think he will. Um, and I think they're in a good spot, but just another good, good win for UCLA, and they just need to move on. Seven sacks for UCLA, and it, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't more. That's that's my uh, statement on the game. They covered for me, so it's uh, all I care about. All right, USC, 50, California, 49. I mean, we're seeing a, a spiraling USC team here. This defense is, is so bad. I mean, you just watch them. We have... Just undisciplined defense. There's so many times the running back is just able to just bounce out to the right because they're not setting any edges. There's no contain from the linebackers or the safeties. They're just crashing down the middle, and it's just it's ugly, ugly defensive football. Um, but once again, Caleb Williams in that offense just finds a way to just put up more points than the other team despite whatever the defense is doing. And that's, I mean, it's just bad football for USC. You can't be doing this uh, against Cal. Cal's not a horrible team, but they're not an offensive power. Um, and it's just ugly. So the defense is so bad. Like, I don't understand how a defense can be this bad and this poorly coached. Yeah, Alex Grinch is gone at the end of the year. Like, I know he's buddies with Lincoln Riley, but I just don't see how. If Lincoln Riley stays at USC, I don't know how he keeps him around. And the funny thing, though, USC has everything in front of them. I mean, you look at their next two weeks, they get Washington this upcoming week at home. And then they go at Oregon, and then they get home against UCLA. If there's some way that they run the table, which I don't think there is, um, I'd say they definitely have a better chance to beat Washington than they do Oregon on the road. Obviously, take out the road environment part of it, but just take off how or look at how Washington's played the last few weeks and how bad the defense has looked. And if it's in a shootout, um, I who knows what will happen. So yeah, Cole, it's. Yep, they won, and they're five and one in the the Pac-12, and they might be one of the most confusing five and one teams there is. So, what was our last game we got, Cole? Another upset. Last game, uh, Arizona State beats Washington State, thirty-eight twenty-seven. Arizona State has is one of those teams that's gotten better as the year goes on. Um, that's just good coaching too. Kenny Dillingham is is I mean, it's his first year. He's he's continuing to develop this team. Washington State, quite the opposite, uh, started so hot and continues to get worse as the year goes on and they I mean they, they kind of just got dominated here um and it's just I mean, that's not what you want to see on the road at Arizona State and yeah Arizona State wins this game 38-27 and Washington State's just bad and Arizona State's not quite as bad as we thought four straight losses for Washington State after starting 4-0 uh just not a good luck one and four in conference play just not not a good ball for Washington State that is not good so Cole we have uh this week Tuesday night is our first college football playoff ranking show. 
We, this is I. I want you to give me what you think the committee is going to have the top six teams. Now, this isn't exactly who you think. It's just or who you would personally do. I think it, we're kind of trying to see because we do our top ten every week. That is an element really of the what we think the top six would be. But the committee is a little different. Who is your top six? Start me off at number six. Yeah, just because of uh, the committee. Um, not what I would do, but the way they're going to, I think, rank lower teams and, and kind of uh, how they'll value strength of schedule by the way they're going to rank other teams. Uh, that's that's kind of how I did my my picks and obviously just what I think they're going to be. So um, starting out right away, I think the number six team uh, is going to be um, Washington. You're going to go Washington. You want to do, let's bounce it off. Let's do, I'll, you do six and I'll do that. You want to do okay, that? Yeah. So yeah, who's your number six? So I think six is going to be Oregon. That that's who I have six. Okay, I so my number five team. I think they're going to move up, uh, and it's going to be Alabama. I think they're going to value Alabama and um, one there because they're Alabama. They they always have been slightly favoring to SEC's teams, um, not even that slightly, I guess. And uh, they tend to rank like lower in the, in the poll um, SEC teams higher than traditionally they should be, and that inflates their strength of schedule. So I think Alabama will be uh, the number five team. So I will say the argument I would have against Alabama being in the top six outside of the whole thing where they do like Alabama, like that's a, that's a given that the committee likes Alabama, is they lost to Texas. And I think losing to Texas when Texas has the same record and their loss was to Oklahoma, I think it'll be hard for them to be top six. And so my fifth team I have is Washington. So I have initially both Pac-12 teams being on the outside looking in yeah that's fair i think that we'll we'll see with with that i guess it will be hard for them to put alabama above texas um you know i'm actually gonna i'm gonna take it back i'm gonna walk it back because you are you are right and this is about what we're predicting it to be uh i am gonna go texas six washington five all right cole do your top four and then i'll do my top four. okay so my top four uh is gonna be number four uh florida state uh, just based on their their wins that they've had so far and that they haven't lost. Number three will be Michigan, uh, based on strength of schedule. Number two will be Ohio State, based on strength of schedule. Uh, they, they, I think Notre Dame and um, Penn State will be ranked uh, pretty pretty high up there in the poll. Um, and number one will be Georgia because I think some of their other wins and they'll have other SEC teams ranked. And I'm always gonna trust that they're going to lean sec because i was i was kind of splitting hairs with what i thought they'd do between georgia and ohio state um and i think that it's georgia because of sec okay so i am very similar in my top four i the only difference i have is i think michigan's going to be four florida state's going to be three florida state just has that really impressive win that's now looked better with lsu and i think they're just going to kind of give that a little uh, merit in terms of putting that ahead of Michigan. I will not be surprised though if Ohio State's one. I don't think they are the best, like number one, but I would not be surprised if they're number one because of the win at Notre Dame and then Penn State. So who knows? But it'll be nice to finally get the playoff rankings, Cole, because a lot of pretty much now everything is dictated off of that. Your AP poll is gone. And it is all up to a committee full of people that never played football. So the beauty in that, that makes no sense. Um, but that is where we're at. So did you have Georgia one or, or Ohio State one? So I, I think it's going to be Georgia. But I said 
I would not be surprised okay. if Ohio State is one. So I have Georgia one, Ohio State two, Florida State three, Michigan four. Yeah, so, we're we're on uh, we're on the same page there. I would also not. I think it will be Georgia one, but I would not be surprised at all um, if they put Ohio State one just based on their their strength of wins. I think that might actually that there's a chance this could be our actual playoff. Maybe not that order, but like the more that these other teams start kind of faltering and beating up on each other. I don't know. I just think those are the four clear best teams in the country. The only team I can maybe give some, I would put Oregon up there. I I think they're better than Washington, but that one loss could be a killer. So uh, who knows? Maybe that's, I'm pretty sure the initial rankings, those four have never been the four um, to get to the playoff, but I don't know. That would be a, that'd be a fun playoff. Those are four very different teams. I would say that play a, a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. It will. You definitely need, the Pac-12 champion to, to have two losses um, because I don't think you will you will put a one-loss Michigan or a one-loss Ohio State uh, that's not in uh, the Big Ten championship game in over a Pac-12 champion that has one loss. I just don't think they would do that. Um, I would hope they would, but I don't I don't think they would. So that's I think I think you need Fair point. you need the Pac-12 champion or Florida State to 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 spiral out. I agree. I, that's that's a great point. Uh, Cole, any final thoughts for our episode today? Uh, I mean, I think this is this is the meat of it. This is the meat of the season. Um, once you get those college football playoff rankings, the intensity uh, just elevates, um, and, and you start to sep- you see separation and super high intensity, and the anticipation starts to come for that playoff. Um, but it's also sad because you know we're getting close to the end of the year. Um, this is, I mean, it's not what we love here. We, we need, we love football. We love ball season, but, um, it, it is, let's, let's just enjoy it the rest of the year. Uh, appreciate, you know, it's, it's really fun when these rankings come out and you really start to see the picture and you see how it begins to unfold. Cause a lot changes. Like you said, the top four is never the same, uh, even close really. Uh, there was one year Mississippi state started at number one, I think so, or, or, or up there. So yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a fun time of year. Um, the first, the first one's fun, especially once we start getting some college basketball in. and let's just, let's just make a little fire in the fireplace, have some warm apple cider and enjoy it. Perfect way to end this podcast. I love that thought. So we will see you guys this week for a few more episodes. We have two additional episodes, college basketball preview for the whole season. And then we have a college football week 10 preview. And those games are crazy. We mentioned a few of them on the podcast today, but those games are definitely things you need to tune into. So Have a great week, and we'll see you later this week for another episode of A Degree in Sports.